But I want to talk to you a few minutes about it. Happy New Year. Turn to your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Did the pastor just rebuke us on New Year's? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> encouraged, encouraged. I want to give you a prescription as we start off the year. Seems like everybody's taking some sort of prescription these late these days. And, um, and I want to start a blessed life and a blessed new year. How about you? A blessed life and a blessed new year. And so uh, I uh, every year in January, Melissa and I pray. We choose a theme for the year. And after much prayer, we settle on SOAR. S-O-A-R. We believe, we believe God's going to take our church somewhere in 2023. You are our church. We believe we're going somewhere. And the day of the Lord is quickly approaching. We're getting down to the wire. How many know this thing is winding up? And I don't know how you want to go out. You want to go out in a whirlwind like Elijah or a puff of smoke. I want to go out in a, in a blaze of fire. Amen? Chariots of fire. And so uh, so that means we're going to soar. Uh, we are living in a very dark times. Very dark times. In fact, I think it's Satan himself trying to dis, uh, pull us apart, divide us. That's what I think. I think he uses all kinds of things. I think he uses uh, multimedia social media, uh, so we can look at a screen instead of each other. So we can give our opinions easily because we don't have to answer to anybody on multimedia, on, on social media. So we got all kinds of opinions, but uh, but it's, it's a very cowardly kind of way to live. How I many know it's time to look each other in the eye and live? Be together. Be one. Be one. Love each other. Come closer. Be with us. And uh, and so And so we... We feel like that after much prayer, God's calling us to get back to the Word of God, an unshakable foundation. And there's two theme verses. One is next week I'll be coming from Isaiah 40. If you want to study up on that next week, it's uh, the Word of God stands forever. I mean, no, this world is not going to stand forever. The Word of God will stand forever. The other one's in Matthew 24. It said heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will stand forever. Amen? So I'm I'm thinking that God's going to help us to regroup and get back to the basics, stressing again our commitment to the Word. It's not like we lost our commitment to the Word, but in in in, in light of recent events in America, I mean, we need to lay again the foundation of the Word of God in the church, and uh, it's the right time. And with all the shaking going on, how I many we need to hold on to God's unchanging Word? There's a lot of things shaking around us, a lot of things coming down the pipe, and we need to be ready for it. So I'm hoping that this series, uh, the SOAR series, will help you, and 2023 is all upon us, like it or not. I mean, when time marches on, it doesn't matter if the calendar changes years. I mean, time is marching on. Calendars change, but God stays the same, and the church should do the same thing, doing the same things, obeying the same word, following the same Holy Spirit in 2023. In fact, I think we'd even be best if we would even uh, step it up a notch. In other words, soar to another height, a new level. So if you're a pilot, you're piloting uh, an airplane, and they have turbulence or dark clouds or a storm. Uh, I don't know when's the last time you flew. I know COVID has kept a lot of people from flying. It didn't stop me. I just figured whoever's got it is going to give it to me. I'm going to have to get over it or go to heaven. I mean, there's one of these days we're just going to soar all the way through. And if that makes you sad, I no wonder you're, you know, scared and hiding. But how many know if it's by rapture or rupture, how many know we're going to be with Jesus? 
And so I just get on the airplane and go. The Lord takes me, takes me. But here's the deal. God wants us to pull that lever back and go above those clouds and soar above. Listen, I'm telling you, it is going to get darker out there, but it doesn't have to affect the light in here. And the church ought to still be a light no matter how dark the culture gets. How many know the church can still be a positive light and be salt and light in this world? So the word of God is going to remain the same. What we mean by saying hope you have a blessed new year is that we hope and pray that may the favor of God rest upon you all year long. How many like to have a blessing of God? Of course you would. Of course you would. Nobody has a thought that, uh, you know, I hope. I hope I have a miserable year in 2023. Nobody has that thought. I hope I hope that life just sucks the joy out of me in 2023. If you go to a church and get that message, probably a good chance to find another church, right? But we are faith-filled people. We believe God's best is yet to come. We want to come together, and we're in the same plane. I said we're in the same boat. Let's ride through the storm together. In fact, our goal is to rise above the storm and miss the turbulence altogether. I don't know if you like turbulence, but on the way to Africa, Max, you remember on the way to Africa back in 2004? Well, we were on the back in the cheap seats on the back row, and there was a wall. That's all I remember is a wall behind us, me and you and Steve Bradshaw and some others were going to Togo. And uh, the plane was just turbulent. It was like riding in the potholes of Louisiana. And we, and we were, I started sweating. I started sweating, and, and uh, I was feeling kind of nauseated and dizzy. I took off my shoes. Then I took off my socks. I'm still sweating. And uh, I laid down a little bit. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't get myself together because of the turbulence. And I'm trying to tell you that the church of today, listen, even the Pentecostal church today is suffering from nausea, sweating and turning pale and sickly. Because of the turbulence. How I many know oh, there's something we can do? We can rise above that. We can go further in the Lord if we get over that and move on. So that's our thought. That's our thinking. And I picked today Psalm 1 when I asked you to look at it. Look at it with me. Blessed, uh, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice, example. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits down to, to rest in the seat of scoffers, ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts, his teachings, his, uh, he habitually, that means he gets in the habit of meditating on the word day and night. And as a result, he will be like a tree firmly planted, fed by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. In its season, seasons are big. Come on, somebody. Seasons are big. You're in the winter season. That's why you're staring at me like a mule at a new fence post, maybe. Its leaf does not wither, and it's whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. The wicked, though, he compare, contra, con, contrast and comparison, righteous and the wicked. The wicked, those who live in disobedience to, the, to the God's law, are not so. But they are like the shaft. Uh, worthless and without substance, uh, which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. 
So I have six short verses to give you today to how to live a life filled, a blessed life, right, with the goodness of God. There's only two kinds of people in Psalm 1, and actually in life there's the righteous and there's the wicked. You can mix it up any way you want. You can call it any way you want. And I know in our culture we have carnal Christians and we have casual Christians. We have lukewarm Christians. We got we got um, uh, alcohol drinking Christians and we got uh, marijuana smoking Christians. We even have gay Christians in our culture. But how many know we are countercultural? Can I tell you there's no such thing. I don't know if I showed up for church today or if somebody's not hearing me. We are not of this world. We are the church. You can't re-identify the church. You can't change the Bible to fit the needs of the culture. And so it sounds like we're being mean or, or insympathetic or, or, or intolerant. That's what they're calling us, bigots and everything else. All I'm doing is calling the Word of God the Word of God. And so we are the church. We're countercultural from the culture. But there's a whole lot of Christians today having more compassion, sympathy for the culture than they are the church. Changing the identity of the church into a carnal mess. Nobody knows who we are. Can't define anything anymore. So these are, uh, six short verses are going to help us uh, make a prescription for well-being, for shalom, for completeness, for maturity, for the church that God wants us to be in the 2023. And so we're complete, uh, we're blessed every day this year, I hope. And, uh, I hope that, that you understand and discover that this happiness, this blessedness that the psalmist is talking about relates to the way we live and the choices we make. Your life is made up of choices every day. And your success is made up in your daily choices. If you end up 2023 blessed, it's because every day in this year you made good choices. Right? It's right whether you say amen or not. And it depends on the kind of people you are. Okay? From God's point of view, there are only two ways and only two kinds of people in the world. The righteous and the wicked. And everybody falls into one of these two categories. There's no in-between. And uh, despite what the culture tells you today. So it shows us that the righteous uh, live a certain way and why they're blessed. It shows us the end result of both ways. And so I want to start uh, to pay attention to this psalm. I want to start with the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous. Blessed is the man. Happy, full of peace, whole, complete, shalom, well-being. It's good in my soul. How many are glad to know that it's good in your soul? It is well with my soul. That's what he's saying. Happy, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So, so I want to make a couple of statements this morning just to help us to figure this out. It is possible. Come on, church. It is possible to live a blessed life. And in our culture today, they are trying to beat the church down, beat the saints up, tell them to, to you know, do this and to dictate to them what they should be doing. Nobody knows what to do. 
anymore. Everybody's doing what they want in their own eyes. There is no continue. There's individualistic culture. Everybody's doing their own thing. I think I'll do this. I'll watch it online. I'll listen to a podcast. Nothing wrong with all that. But you still have to have a place. I mean, no, we still need to belong to a church, a body of believers that are our people. These are our family members. One hurts, we all hurt. One rejoices, we all rejoice. If one gives, we all give. Can you imagine if everybody bailed? We wouldn't have anything left. We have to be one family, one people. It is possible to live a blessed life, but it, it only happens on God's terms. You can't, you can't have a, a, an unbiblical view of the world and, and have the blessing of God. Everybody wants revival, but they don't want to do what it takes to have revival. So it is possible. It is possible. The phrase, the Hebrew phrase means something like, oh, the blessedness of the man. Happy is the man. Right? Blessed is the man. And so many people read the prayer of Jabez. You know, they want to have a blessed life like Jabez, but they don't want to do the things Jabez did to have that blessed life. Right? And so... It, it, it means to, to rightly be related to God in a right relationship, righteousness, right living, so that your life is filled and your experience has deep personal satisfaction. It's not related at all to your circumstances. That's why I'm challenging you this year to soar above your situation. Set your mind on things above. How I many know oh, that's the real permanence? This is only temporary. Set your mind on things above, right? And lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. You have to think eternal to live eternal. You can't have this, this mindset uh, of a turkey. I call it a turkey mindset. If you want to soar with the eagles, I mean, you have to leave the turkeys behind. There's a lot of people just uh, clawing away at life, miserably unhappy. But here it says the biblical terms, the blessed person, it means to be rightly related to God. It's not related to your circumstances, and it doesn't come by just seeking for it. can't find happiness by seeking it or doing certain things, or, 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 but only by doing certain things. And actually here is by not doing some things. So the blessing is a side benefit of the choices that you make. That's how he opens up this text, right? It's kind of like a cat. Happiness is, is like a cat. is seeking it. The cat runs from you. But you go about your business. Here comes that cat twirling its way around your, your feet. All you cat lovers, go ahead. I just can't stand all of that fur in my house. Amen? And so you try to love on the cat. It runs away. Leave the cat alone. Here it comes. That might be how it is in the church. I've been a shepherd long enough to know. My favorite nursery rhyme in pastoring, some people say, Pastor Ron, how have you handled pastoring all these years? I said, well, my favorite nursery rhyme that I can't keep up with everybody, especially today, I don't even know where they are. But little Bo Peep lost her sheep and cannot tell where to find them. Here's an awesome revelation. You ready for it? Leave them alone. They will come home wagging their tails behind them. Kind of the little theme of my life in pastoral ministries 101 but the most miserable people in the planet are those who seek happiness by hopping from one party from one bar room from one relationship to another if something's not right they just change it 
You don't like your spouse, get a new spouse. You don't like your job, get a new job. You don't like your church, get a new church. You don't like your pastor, get a new pastor, right? New cars, new homes, new love. Hey, none of that is going to bring peace in your heart. Even a new year if you don't make wise choices. It's in your choices. And I know our culture, man, our nation has experienced a lot of pain and confusion and doubt and sadness. Nobody really knows what the future holds. In fact, I was on the airplane going to Australia. Somebody uh, just bent over to tie their shoes. I thought, wow, he's going to set up a bomb and blow us all up. I mean, we're all on edge. We're walking on eggshells. It's like we don't even know who's going to do what. It's a crazy world. I said, it's a crazy world. And so the blessedness that we're talking about, he's saying, it's only on God's terms. The world offers entertainment, cheap thrills, momentary pleasure, true, but true happiness, authentic joy and peace are only found in the Lord. And everybody shout it. Amen. So the psalmist says this. He starts off with the negative. It's crazy that the psalm begins with the negative, but the psalmist tells us what we should not do. It's crazy, isn't it? And since Pastor Ron is insanely optimistic, it's hard to start off with the negative, but this is what he said. If you make these choices, you'll be blessed in 2023. He says uh, that, uh, that this is what the righteous person does not do. He does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Are you all with me this morning? Righteous people do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor do they stand in the way of sinners, nor do they sit the seat of the mockers and the scorners. That's what they don't do. If you do any of these three things, don't expect to be blessed in 2023. It's right here. Consider the progression. Walk, walk by. You just walk by, right? There's a lot of perversion all around us. Can't help but walk by it, right? Walk by it, uh, and then and then you stand still next to it. Remember, remember, Peter was warming by the warm fires in the courtyard, warming by the fires of the world. How did that? How did that go for him? Not very well. But it wasn't very long. He denied he even knew the Lord. I'm gonna keep preaching whether y'all staring at me or not. And then it said, not walk, not just stand still, but sit down a while. That's the progression of what you should not do if you plan to be blessed in 2023. Is anybody getting any of this? So the man's walking down the road. He stops to hang out with sinners. Eventually, they prove to be such good company, he sits down and has intimate fellowship with them. What started out as a casual contact in, uh, in the end becomes declaration of personal allegiance to these people. They're not even God people. I said they're not even God's people. And you think you are so strong in the Lord, you can go out and, Stand in the way and sit in the way with sinners and mockers and God-haters and come out blessed, not going to happen. So the counsel of the wicked means the advice of morally unstable. If you're taking advice from the morally unstable, God help you in 2023. It's a general term that describes the worldview of those who do not know the Lord. Worldview, morally unstable. Can I tell you, this culture is absolutely denying the Lord. They're not going to Jesus. They're denying Jesus exists. And so, and so you say, Pastor, they're good people. Of course, they're all good people. But hell's going to populate, be populated with a lot of good people. I will preach it, but I need some help preaching it. Amen? 
That's just the counsel of the wicked. The way of the sinners involves a series of lifestyle choices. It's a series of choices you make. Now you're not just walking by. You're standing still next to it. It's getting all on you. Now you're making choices that they made because you're with them. Now you're, now you're going to sit down with them, right? With mockers. means to have close, intimate, long-term fellowship with those who openly reject the Lord. The progression goes like this. First you think like them. Then, then, then you behave like them. And then you belong to them. That's the progression. And that's what I see a lot of God's people doing in our day. Can I just be candid with you? You can't hang out there. If you hang out there, how I many know oh, it's going to influence you instead of you trying to influence them? Worldly fellowship. So worldly wisdom leads to worldly action, which results in worldly fellowship and worldly living. And I want to be clear on this point. Blessings come not only from what we do, but what we don't do. Say, Pastor, you're going back to legalism? No, but we can sure use a little bit today. We've begun so far from legalism because we wanted to get rid of that. Now we got libertarianism and everything's, everything goes. There's no law at all. You know what they call a land with no law? Anarchy. And so years ago we had legalistic ways, but today we threw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and now we, we're paying a price. The anything goes religion. In the Assembly of God church, I'm not talking about other churches. Also, we need to be avoiding some certain things. That's what it said, right? Uh, as you start the new year, look back and forget what you were doing and start, start, forgive yourself if you were doing things you shouldn't have done. How many know there's grace and forgiveness? How many believe you can get saved first of the year? Just like you could at the end of the year. <laughs> and if you're already saved, you can get that. Uh, stench off of you, those weights, that sin that so easily hindered you from soaring in 2022. So you can be free. You can't elevate and be lifted with all the weight on you. Sins and weights, Hebrews said, chapter 12. Sin and weight, there's two different things, right? Weights could be good things, right? Right. Thanks for answering. But the Bible used tells me, and when I came up, it was, uh, it was come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. There was a very big contrast between the world and the church. You either worldly or churchy. And we got so churchy, we forgot to be like Christ. That's what happened with the churchy side, right? We got legalistic or we got so uh, churchy and demonstrative and just going through the motions. We didn't have a transformed life. That's what happened in church. There was no discipleship. So we joined the ways of the world. And we couldn't tell the world from the church. How many know we're still there? So the word is much needed at the beginning of the year. Can you say amen to that? So if you decide to seek God in 2023, the devil's going to oppose you at every turn. And one of his strategies will be to surround you with people who will lead you astray. There's always somebody Satan wants to send to befriend you. To pull you, to influence you, to stretch you this way. And so it's a strategy. And they're nice enough. They're decent people. They seem to be uh, good. They're just, uh, they don't, they don't share your personal faith in Christ. And, and it's not like they wear a t-shirt, says I'm, I'm, uh, on assignment from hell. 
Me and the devil are trying to get you out of the kingdom. It's not like they make it so plain. I mean, no, the devil's not going to make it plain. But he's going to subtly and instrumentally and uh, set up snares and schemes and trips and tricks and traps. And, and he's going to try to divide you away, pull you like one sheep away from the fold. You understand? Pull you and set you out here, and you're very vulnerable to wolves and and uh, and the dangers of being alone. That's why I don't believe in individualism and isolation. I believe in the church. How many still believe in the church? And so people are telling us to embrace the culture, but I can't embrace this culture. I can embrace people, and I can love people. But how many know a culture that's heading to hell? I don't have to embrace it. I embrace people, ideologies, and teachings, and falsehoods. How I many know I'm not into embracing all that? I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I said 2023, I'm going to commit again, afresh and anew, to the Word of God. I don't care how many laws they make, the Word of God is unchanging. The Word of God is the law of liberty. Amen? And so it's crazy because sin st- never stands still. Sin always moves forward to g- gain control of us. And it starts as casual contact. It leads on to increasing closeness and then the ultimately permanence of association. Eventually, there's increasing boldness of evil that's accompanied by a lowering of our standards. And then we start tolerating things we never would have dreamed of tolerating before. Compromise our values in ways we never thought possible. We consent to things that would be greatly have troubled us in the past. Isn't that where the church is today? Agree or disagree, it is where we are. We've seen a big change. It's called influence. Understand me. If you sleep with the pigs, eat with the pigs, run with the pigs, hang out with the pigs, talk like the pigs, walk like the pigs, laugh like the pigs, dress like the pigs, in short, you basically do what pigs do. You shouldn't be surprised that you end up smelling like the pig, sounding like the pig, looking like the pig, and you're indistinguishable from the pig. You're going to become like the people around you. You become like the people you surround yourself with. I said it's called influence, good or bad. In the church, it's called discipleship, right? There is a DNA in this house. If you run out of Oak Grove and act like a fool, that's not the DNA of this house. Come on now. Can't pull up Pastor Ron's cars at the, at the midnight cowboy. How many know there's something wrong with that picture? You need a new pastor. If your pastor's car is at the, is that what they call it, the Midnight Cowboy? I don't know what they call it. I've never been there. And hope you haven't either. My point exactly. If you hang out at the Midnight Cowboy, you don't have the DNA of Oak Grove Assembly of God. That's what I'm saying. Well, here's what I hear inevitably. As soon as I talk like this. Well, pastor, how are we going to win the world if we don't love the world? Well, hey, hey, we love them. We don't live like them. The big difference, but back in the day, they used to say, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You influence them for God. Love them. You love them. Care for them. Pray for them. Share Jesus with them. But don't live like them. This will preach in a Pentecostal church. And so, it's a good question to answer. You do not win the lost by living like the lost. You win the lost by loving the lost and living like the saved. Okay. If you adopt the lifestyle of those who don't know the Lord, why would they want what you have anyway? Instead of them following the ways of Christ, you're following the ways of the world. What happened? That's called reverse evangelism. I'll never forget, we was on a missions trip in Philadelphia, 
trying to reach the Muslims. There's like a whole bunch, 250 Muslims on the East Coast of Philadelphia. 250,000, sorry. Albanians, at least, Miss Carol, Albanians. We were trying to reach them on a missions trip. And, uh, and so this lady, precious lady, her husband, Youssef, and I forget her name. Well, she had made us a bunt cake. How I many know oh, that's sweet to make the missions team a bunt cake? Especially since I love bunt cakes. You can't be Pentecostal and not like bunt cake. And so she made us a bunt cake and she was nice. And one day she said to me, she said, uh, you read the Quran? I said, no, ma'am, I don't read the Quran. I read the Bible. She said, well, I read the Bible and I'm Muslim, but I read the Quran and I read the Bible. I said, good for you. I'm Christian and I only read the Bible. She said, you're weak. And I didn't have to say much. My wife took up after that. Miss Melissa overheard the lady <laughs> and she said, wait a minute, little lady. I don't know how you treat your men in your culture, but as my husband, we don't talk like that to my husband. So you, here's the deal. She was trying to win me into Islam. If we had an ounce of their passion and aggression to win us to Islam that we should have for winning people to Christianity, how I many know oh, we would be already one people to Jesus? We wouldn't have empty holes in the church. That's for sure. This year I'm going to start a series on Evangelism 101. Maybe we forgot how to evangelize. Maybe we're scared. Maybe we think we don't know how. But how many know in 2023 we need to engage in evangelism? By this time next year, you ought to be at least witness to somebody. I mean, I'd grab a dog or a cat and start practicing. Or if you can't catch the cat, just leave the cat alone. It'll come later. So it's a negative. I know it's negative. But uh, I'm ready to get on the positive side of life because y'all are, it's been rough so far. It's lonely up here, Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. that you, 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 you have a powerful combination of truth backed up by love, and it's irresistible to the world. You can't reach people by lowering your standards or compromising your values. It's a good thing when the boat is in the water. It's a bad thing when water is in the boat. And I believe in the church today, Pastor Mark, water's in the boat, and we're sinking. How many know it's time to bail out? Get the water out of the boat. Just get to floating again. Next thing is that um, those are the things we said, and that's what we said. <laughs> Let's get to the positive side because it's been a rough go at it so far. So what does a righteous person do? We delight in the word of the Lord. Could you lift your hand to the Lord and tell him we're thankful for the word of God. And Oak Grove's making a fresh commitment today, Lord. To delight means to take great pleasure in. We are taking great pleasure in the word of the Lord in 2023. We're not going to be able to soar over the darkness if we don't have the light of the gospel. We're not going to be able to soar in this dark world if we don't fill ourselves with the light of the word of God. We need help. And now we come to the light side. Having refused to walk in the, with the evildoers, uh, we focus on the word of God, replacing the negative with something positive. The way to get trash out of your life is to pour, to pour the water in. I said the way to get darkness out is to pour the light in. And that's what we need to do. We need, I don't know what you've been filling yourself with, but how many know we need to fill ourselves with the word of God? Meditate on it. Delight in it. 
to delight in the word of the Lord. Delight means to take great pleasure in. It has the idea of consuming passion. It controls your life. Controls your life. So everybody delights in something. I don't know what you delight in, but um, what are you consumed about? Is it your job? Is it your hobby, your career, particular friend? Maybe you delight in money or the things money can buy. Maybe you delight in evil pleasures or wrong desires. I don't know what you're delighting in, but it's controlling you. Whatever you delight in, how many know that's what controls you? And here's the word of the Lord today. If you delight in the word of the Lord, how many know the word of the Lord will control your life? You walk in the wisdom of God and the word of God. You walk in the ways of God when you hear the word of God. So the word in, the evil world out. You can't have the word in. That's why when we took the word of God out of the schools, that's why we have all the stuff in our schools. They don't even know who they are. Identity. They don't even, they're not even worried about male, female anymore. Now they're wondering about what animal they are. I mean, this is a mixed up world. And so you need to mark this. Your delight determines your direction. Your, if you don't get anything else, tweet this. Your delight determines your direction. I can spend five minutes with you. And what you talk about, sing about, what you smile about, what you tell everybody about, all the things that you love, you love, you love, you love, you love, you talk about it all the time. That's what you're delighting in. And that's the direction you're going. Okay? And I'm not saying you can't be a fan and you can't be uh, enjoy the, uh, the things that God has blessed us with. How I many know we can take a vacation? How I many know it's God that, that made the created the beach that the sinners are enjoying and the saints are enjoying? But the sinners, they have no shame. I mean, oh, the saints shouldn't dress. Oh, help us, Lord. I'm not even going to go there. It's just don't, it just doesn't even pay to go there. I remember I was a youth pastor and the kids, kids asked me, oh, brother Tyler, the kids said, a little girl came to me and said, Pastor Ron, can we wear French bikinis to the, to the swimming pool at youth camp? I said, I'm not even going to answer that. I said, do you speak French? She said, no. I said, well, you don't wear French bikini. You don't speak French. They know better. How many know the very fact that they had to ask me if it was okay means they knew it wasn't okay? You have to ask the pastor if it's okay. Chances are it's probably not. I mean, we got to get some conviction back in the house of the Lord. You got to get some people to read the word. You don't have to go to your pastor or your parents to ask. You ought to know. You ought to know. You have a conscience. The Holy Spirit speaks. How many believe the Holy Spirit still speaks? But you want to be caught up. Your, your delight's going to be leading you in the wrong direction. What are you delighting in in 2023? What gets your motor going? What gets you excited in the morning? What keeps you awake at night? What are you daydreaming about? What do you long for in 2023? What are you passionate about? Is it the word of the Lord? Is it evangelism? Is it worship? Is it discipleship? Do you have somebody? That you can walk with that's not evil, influencing you for bad. The same effort it took you to find a bad influence, it could find the same effort to find a good influence. It's a choice that you make. It's a choice that you make. And so tell me the answer to the questions, and I'll tell you uh, a crucial uh, uh, amount of stuff about who you are. You'd be so excited about something, you just can't wait for it. That's what delight means. Kind of like when I uh, marry young couples and they're in premarital counseling. They can't wait to get married. 
They are delighting in each other. Steve, their eyeballs are, you know, their eyelashes, they're twinkling and they're blinking. And, and I'll say, inevitably, I'll say, hey, sir, tell me one thing that, uh, that you know, that this girl, one bad thing. What, what, do, what do you see? One, one weakness that this girl has. And he was five minutes, five minutes. He can't even, he can't fathom but the one thing. He can't just, his smoke's coming out of his ears. He just, there's nothing wrong with this woman, he says. And I'll ask her, hey, hey, tell me this gentleman of a man that you're about to marry. Can you find one thing? Can you tell me one thing? Just a weakness, just a weakness. And she bats her eyes and says, no, he's perfect. He's my Prince Charming. And then one second after the bells ring, put the ring on, sign the papers. One second, the Lord reveals to them who they marry. And their eyeballs just get that big. There's no more blinking and lovey-dovey. How I many know it doesn't take a year for the honeymoon to be over anymore? So that's where we are. We need to, we need to delight. I remember being in Israel, and Melissa and I, y'all blessed us with a trip to Israel, changed our life, transformed us. We loved it. We loved it. When we went down to the Western Wall, Kathy, y'all might remember, they separate the girls and the guys, and uh and the guys, I went on the guy's side. Praise God, I know my identity. Imagine confused people. I don't know where to go. Anyway, there were these Orthodox Jews deep, deep in the cave, like deep in the mountain there, some rooms. And they were rocking back and forth with the Torah, the word of God. And that's that's and they were mumbling. They were mumbling, Max, the word of God. That's what that's what this word means. Um uh, to meditate. On the word of the Lord, so they, so they, so they. Not only did they, did they have this desire, right, to delight in the word, it, it said, and meditate on the word, and how often, day and night, day and night. It doesn't mean, you know, I guess it means all the time. But it doesn't mean you sit in the corner and read your Bible all day and not have a life. But maybe it means day and night means when you get up in the morning, you start your day, maybe at night when you close your day. How many know the word of God ought to be a part of your life? But these Jews, they were just back and forth, and they were mumbling. That's exactly what meditation, the word in the Hebrew, means. And and I'm glad to know that because sometimes, how many of you mumble to yourself? You do. You're just not voting today. And your business meeting is coming up. You might ought to practice voting. Okay. But, but my mumble, I mumble to myself sometimes, you know, and nobody's around. I'm just, you know, I'm doing that. But I also answer myself, so I know I'm not crazy. So I ask myself questions, and I answer it. At least I don't leave myself open-ended. But to meditate is some sort of regular uh, meditation, reading program, read the Bible through, try to memorize Scripture. Uh, it's become a lost art today, right? It used to be more popular. In fact, in boys' ministries, girls' ministries, Right? Didn't the, the missionettes used to have to memorize scripture? And we've relegated that to a girls' program. How many, how many verses have you memorized? Do you know why we lack motivation? I don't have the money, but I wish I did. I could take a hundred dollar bill and, and men say, we, I just can't do that. I'm too busy. I go to work all day. I can't remember nothing. I don't even remember my phone number. Oh yeah, you remember. You remember how deep the fish are in that lake. You remember what you want to remember. Amen. <laughs> And so you remember the score of the football game. In fact, you know everybody on the roster. It never ceases to amaze me what you can remember if you want to. And so I think that if I had a $100 bill to give 
to you for every scripture you memorize between now and next Sunday. Uh, some of you would come back with 10 at least memorized for $1,000 right there. You'd, all of a sudden, your motivation changes. Can I tell you, if your motive and your motivation is a blessed life, you ought to be hiding the word in your heart so that you might not sin against God. Start memorizing. Start memorizing. In fact, Psalm 1 is one that I memorized. I memorized that whole psalm. I didn't have to read it. I knew it. Right? And I memorized songs. Remember how we used to memorize? The, you know why the hymnals don't get used? It's because we knew them. We sang those hymns over and over a 100 years. But today we've been crippled by the PowerPoint. Can't even take notes. Hold on. Go back. Go back. I didn't see it. It's been up there 15 minutes. Take a picture. And so what is the evidence, Pastor, if we lack motivation? Well, the evidence is marked by two things. One is uh, stability. There's delighting and meditating. The results are stability and fruitfulness. Stability and fruitfulness. Those are the results. How many know it would be awesome in 23 to have a stable mind in a very unstable world? Stability, strength, confidence, things like that. The idea of a tree says the valuable stability uh, is like a tree planted in the, by the rivers of water. It speaks of a mighty tree with large branches and deep roots that go far down into the soil, right? And, and scientists say that the that for some trees that that the the tall the tall tree on the top of the ground uh the the roots are just as as deep in the ground as the tree is up in the air and oak grove we are a oak tree hence the name we are a tree planted by the rivers of water we are stable when the winds come if you have no roots have you ever seen those trees toppled over like the big old root system is big old dirt and everything just laid a big old round dirt. Shallow, shallow root system. I'm afraid there's some churches in our culture today compromising to the degree that they're not given any roots. They let people come to Christ, but they don't train them. They don't speak truth to them. They don't disciple them. So they last very shallow, very hollow, very weak. And the first wind that comes along topples them. But not like the big red trees in California. I mean, if the people of California would be like the red trees in California, we'd be all right as a church. But the roots are very, very deep. And tall as they go, the deeper the root. And it causes stability. It's an unseen root. You don't really see it, right? And how do you know the root uh, is good when the storms come? You know, any old tree can stand when the sun is shining. Here's a question, Max. Will Oak Grove be standing in 2023 when the heat gets turned up? Will there be a tree, uh, a, a church, an Oak Grove tree at 1320 South Oak Grove when the dark cloud comes over? Here's what we're going to have to do. We can't stop and avoid the dark cloud, but we can. Lift our sails and lift our steering wheel, and we can catapult over these dark clouds and keep on praising the Lord in the year 2023. Strong people is what we want. I don't care if we grow big numbers. I want big people with character, stamina, stability, stability, finding strength for the day, finding strength for the day, and fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Not only do they have 
strong roots and strong and stable, but they're also fruitful. So how do you how do you know it's a fruit tree by the fruit that's on it? Hey, is that an orange tree? I don't know. Is there an orange on it? Let me let me put it like this. Hey, is that an Assembly of God church? I don't know. Are there spirit-filled Pentecostal people in it? We used to say, if you're Assembly of God, you ought to be Pentecostal, but that's not so anymore. Because we have some that put the name on the sign, but the Spirit is not inside. They're in church, but they're not in Christ. I wish I had a help to preach to this. This is good stuff. This is good, Pastor. Keep on preaching. Okay, I will. Told you I talked to myself. I told you I talked to myself. Meditating is all I'm doing. Fruitfulness. The oranges are produced. How do you spot an apple tree? Apples. And and what's the life of that apple? How do you get another apple tree? The seeds that are inside the apple produce another apple tree. But it's at the core. I said the seeds are at the core. You know what we have left remaining here in our day is the core. This is the core. I believe we're going into very dark and very, very tumultuous times. And there's going to be a church, but it's going to be a core of a church. The fluff and the apple and the peeling and the tasting is all gone. All gone. All they're going to have left is seed. And when you put those seeds in the ground, how many know they will produce fruit? They'll produce fruit in season. And and not only will they be fruitful, it's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. In all situations, their leaf does not wither. They will not they will not grow weary. They will not grow tired. They will be strong and courageous in a very, very, very awful world. It's it's awful to have to stand before a congregation and tell them to to prepare. Be strong, be strong and courageous. But that's what Joshua did. He knew they was going into the enemy territory. They're going to be possessing land and they're going to fight. They're going to be battles. He didn't tell them, okay, let's all just get some coffee and drink and talk about it. Pastor Ron's not up here having a TED talk. I'm preaching the word of truth. Be strong. Be stable. Be fruitful. Multiply. Let's grow. Pastor, we can't grow in 2023. The devil is a liar. I believe you personally can grow in 23. I believe our church can grow in 23. And to the degree that you grow will be the degree that we grow. Because we are, and we are strong tree. The, the leaf does not wither. It means we prosper in every situation. It pictures a leafy tree that seems like an evergreen because it, its leaves are in season all year. It's, it's like people who are constant re, re, constantly refreshed by the word, renewed, constantly drawing on new strength for new situations. They're never boring, never dull. Some of you feel like, well, Christianity is an old hat. It's boring. Well, it's boring if you make it boring. I can tell you this. If you come into church and you don't lift your hands and you don't clap and you don't sing and you don't care what your neighbor does and you don't even want to be around, I mean, no, that is boring. You just put your finger in a pie and go home and die. That is boring. But how I many know life and church doesn't have to be that way, especially amongst Pentecostal people? Who are engaged in worship, not in the culture, in worship and prayer and evangelism and discipleship and missions. It's who we are. It's our DNA. If you don't know that, you haven't been here long enough. But our leaf will not wither. And it prospers in all they do. 
Don't jump to conclusions. Talk about prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about blessed people that no matter what the what the circumstances are, right? You find strength for the day and hope in the midst of troubled times. Bring forth godly fruit in good times and in bad. I am so thankful for Oak Grove Assembly. For 75 years, Mark, we've been here. 75 years. Not here, here. We were over there at Wayside Tabernacle. Now we're here. It's actually over 75 years. In fact, we're going on 77 now, right? 76. That's a long time. And a lot of people brought us to where we are today. And I'm not willing to let the, the ship die. I'm not going to let us die. Not in the middle. I don't care how ugly and dark it gets. I mean, no, we're going to have a church at 1320 South Oak Grove. Maybe we need to go in the Family Life Center if nobody's going to show up. No use of heating this place up. I don't know what you want to do. It costs a lot to heat up a place nobody's coming to. That'll preach. Keep going, Pastor. You're sinking the ship. Those who know Jesus are more than conquerors. Can you say amen? Say, Pastor, I'm just happy to survive. Well, listen to me. Surviving is just as cool as thriving. If you're if you're left here after the rapture, you you may not even survive. Surviving for you then is death, right? Martyrdom. So the way of the wicked, not so. Oh my goodness, we've just been talking about the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked. You know that's not so. The way of the righteous, they find strength for each day and hope for the hardest situation. But sad news, not so. Somebody shout, not so. Not so with the wicked. They are hollow and shallow, and their roots are light and tossed around without hope, like chaff. Like chaff. The wheat is on the ground. The chaff is blown in the wind. Like like peanuts. You know, the roasted peanuts. You go to the steakhouse, and you, and you eat the peanut, and you throw the shell on the ground. Everybody stomps on the shell. And, right, they had to stop that because somebody sued the restaurant for slip on the shells. I hate that. But the shells are like dust. They crumble up, and they go away. That's, that's what the wicked's life is like. It just goes away, it just blows away. It's empty, it's shallow. I mean, there's a lot of our churches that are empty and shallow and no roots and tossed around by every wind of doctrine. There's a lot of Christians floating around like that too. But I want you to notice what we close as we close out here. God watches over both ways. The righteous endure and the wicked perish. Pastor, that's hard-nosed. Well, don't look at me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just reading the word, preaching the word. The righteous endure. God is with them, and they make it. The wicked, they perish. And if the latter part is not an excuse for you to be doing missions and evangelism, I don't know why. I mean, we need to be reaching in, not embracing and coddling the culture, reaching in and preaching the truth. Love the culture. I know they're confused, but so are you when you got saved. I mean, God gave you your right mind back. Maybe he can give them their right mind. The wicked are ultimately insubstantial, refers to the husk of the hull that surrounds a nut or a kernel. Seems strong, but once the nut has been removed, the lights are out. Yeah, kind of like the funeral, that guy preaching his first funeral, and he was so nervous. And, uh, and he got up there, and the casket was there, and, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I want you to know that... Uh, this man here is just the shell. The nut is already gone. <laughs> and maybe that's where we are today. Huh? 
But the true character will be revealed in the day of judgment. How many know when judgment comes, the wicked will not stand because they have no roots? Everything about them will be blown away. Worldly pomp and circumstance. Bragging of egos that they're the best and the biggest. They have nothing of lasting value. Where are you going to lay up your treasures this year? Where are you going to lay up your treasure this year? Where are you going to put your passions this year? You're going to put them in the world? It's going to waste away. It's going to blow away. How many know you lay up your treasure in heaven? If God's building your mansion by what you're putting up there, how many is going to have a mansion or a shack? I mean, it's going to be determined by what you send up, right? So I want them to come back and just tell you that the end of both ways is here. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Verse 6 describes what happens to the righteous. It describes what happened to the wicked in the end. The righteous are preserved by God despite the trials on earth. The wicked will finally utterly perish in hell. He knows the way of the righteous. The father knows his children. He is soberly soberly, uh, talking here to us. And the reality for the wicked, their way will perish. All they live for, all they tried to get with money and fame and fortune, building lightweight stuff that has no substance it's all going to waste away perish and they themselves will perish along with the works of their hands their way comes to a dead end their life ends in destruction and they rush over the edge of a cliff only to find themselves annihilated forever in a real devil's hell say pastor that's rough stuff well I think you can handle it But I have a grandson on the front row here. He needs to hear the truth of the word of the Lord. There's two. There's there's a way that seems right to a man, but it only brings him death. The way of the world, the way of Christ. That's the only two choices, the righteous and the weak. There is no other way. There's no neutrality in Christ. So what are we going to do then? What are we going to do? Well, wrap it up. The casual flirting with the world can soon lead to domination by evil people. You think you're getting away with something just casually hanging out with people. Just a little drink. What's wrong with a little drink, a little talk, a little smoke, a little, a little freedom? You're so, you're so legalistic. No, no, no. I'm not legalistic. I just know that the people you're hanging out with are worse off than you think they are right now. In fact, on the other side, the church people, they're not as awesome as you think they are either. So either way you go, there's no perfection. But I'm just telling you, that's, that's how we're wrapping it up. And the most blessed people on the planet are those who build their life.